the platform that empowers millennials through financial literacy. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are extremely passionate about all things investing and personal finance. Hey, Sonia. Hi, Sim. How are we going today? I am going well. Tell me about your day. Tell me about your week. Um, it's just been Labor Weekend here in New Zealand, and it was a glorious long weekend for me. Um, we even went to the market down at Mission Bay, albeit that was a mission, <laughs> to say the least. Who did you go with? Who was the amazing person that you went with? I mean, I went with, um, you might know her. Her name's Simmy. All right. Who else did you and, go with? Um, she actually brought along a friend and, you know, that was great. We went to furniture shopping and stuff. Oh, and then also... Was there anyone else there? <laughs> There's also Sim there as well, um, which was always a pleasure. You're welcome. It's okay. I mean, you didn't bring your dog, but it's fine. We'll get through it. We got through it. We'll get, we, we got through it. It was... I can't believe we spent half the day just, like, looking around at home decor, just being like, oh, yeah, you know, like... That couch, that would do it for me. Mm. That vase, oh. Gosh, I really don't know who we thought we were, but we definitely, pen and paper in hand, writing down codes, like we thought we were doing something, you know? We we really did. It was fun. It was fun. I think there is some enjoyment in pretending like you're going to, you know, spend 10 grand on furniture. A couch. It's good. (laughs) It's good. All right, moving on. Today. I'm very excited for this episode. I've actually been really looking forward to it. Today, Sonia, we're going to dive into the investment portfolio of a millennial, in particular, yourself. Guys, if you don't know, I'm sweating already. (laughs) There's nothing to sweat about. It's like, I don't think, I would hate for this to come across as like, let's judge what you're doing right and wrong, but more just like, what are people doing with their investing portfolios? Because I feel like we don't even talk about money. We don't talk about investing, let alone what someone's investing in. Like, full stop, I have never heard this being shared among our peers, among just like money media in general. So I'd love to make this more of a regular thing. Um, and who better to start with than with ourselves, um, and in particular you, right? Yeah, I'm definitely, um, definitely down to get into the nitty gritty and what I do. Just want to preface this by saying that this isn't advice. Like sometimes you see those portfolio videos on like YouTube, um, and they do like disclaimers and stuff. Even Graham Stephan and Nate O'Brien, and they're always like, "Don't try mimic what I'm doing. This is just something that works for me and my values at this current time. <laughs> Might be different." Um, in the future but I think that's fair enough um and saying that I just think it's really valuable to see other people's journeys one like first of all it's just nice and nosy to see what other people are doing you can sort of get an idea of how you're going not in comparison with them but in a way in an indirect way like okay they're doing that at this age that's interesting I think what I really love about 
these sort of episodes um this obviously being our first one is one we get to sort of get an idea of what other people are doing what they're investing in what they're into not to directly compare ourselves but I think it is a pretty natural reaction just to see what else is going on and maybe use it as some form of a benchmark almost but also I guess getting inspiration like oh this person did something a way that's maybe different from me maybe it'd be good to look into why they did it it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to change what I do or it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to jump on that bandwagon and go buy that same stock or company but definitely a form of food for thought if you may let's get started all right Sonia hello <laughs> all right so let's start from the very beginning I kind of want to break this up into three sections one being you know the beginning stages before you began investing like what your views and stuff were on it how you started da 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 then I kind of want to move on to what you're currently investing in and where you're at right now and then the last little bit is you know what what's in the cards for you in the future in terms of your investments all right so question number one what was your first interaction with investing or the idea of investing what was the first time you kind of heard of it and how did that sort of affect how you saw it going forward so that's a really good question um the first time i properly thought about investing was a few years ago when a colleague of mine was talking about investing. Granted, it was really short conversations and the way that it was explained to me made me hold off wanting to invest because it just seemed so difficult with um, all the jargon. Would you say that that was what was holding you back or just just something that would you say there was like one particular thing that made you not want to do it until later on we, we talked about this in our very first podcast that we ever put out um you know the myths of investing and for me largely it was around in the intimidation side of things mm-hmm. um in terms of it just seemed really intense you had to research mm-hmm. a lot and you had to Like, you'd look into one thing, and then you'd have to look into another thing. And, like, I felt like I was Googling, like, every third word of certain sentences. Um, Yeah, I just didn't feel like I was smart enough to wrap my head around it, which is a shame. But it is, it was my main, I guess, block in terms of starting the journey. That's really interesting. I can see where you're coming from, though, because I think with investing, or just any new topic in general there's not really sort of a framework of like start here and then learn about point b and then point c and then point d like you learn about point like b because you google how to invest and then it takes you down like another path and then you're like okay like diversify like you just jump like 20 steps and suddenly you're learning about like real estate investment funds and you're like how did i get here and what do i need to know before this which is one of the reasons why I think I'm really happy that we are doing this podcast because I do want it to be like a A to B to C sort of stepwise approach where I guess it is easier because you're absolutely right. It's just all over the show. We've got a couple of listener questions or a couple of um, questions from our community. So today um, I 
asked our community on our Instagram, um, you know, like, do you have any questions for Sonia? We're going to be chatting with her today. We got quite a few, so I'm going to sort of chuck a few in as we go. Um, so one of our listener questions was um, to do with when you were beginning. The question was, how difficult or easy was it to start? For me, it was a bit of both. One was just personal issues, getting over my own mental block of I feel like I'm not smart enough to wrap my head around this, bridge those knowledge gaps and do more research Mm -hmm. and analysis. So for me, the difficult part was just actually pushing myself to get into it and to get into the space. But the actual getting started, looking into a micro-investing platform, um, putting money into it, that, that was easy. Yeah, so I think it's a bit of both for me. If someone was listening and they were where you were Mm -hmm. um, in terms of I want to get started but I just don't feel like I am clever enough, besides I guess listening to one of our earlier podcasts that we did on like myths and one of the myths being that you need to be clever, what would like what sort of advice do you think you'd give to them? I think we just live in a day and age where there's just a lot of information out there. So we can say, oh yeah, just Google it. But to our point earlier, that might lead you down the rabbit hole. For me, uh, me and a really good friend, Momo, we actually did a beginner's guide to investing course. Um, And it was really good. It is completely free. It was through Hatch. And essentially what they did was over the course of 10 days, they would email you um day one day two and kind of going through the basics of like the stock market and putting it into examples and it was really visual so I feel like it targeted every type of learning style as well but because I was doing that course that broke it down in 10 days and then also like with a friend and we were bouncing um back and forth with each other I think that really helped and it put me at ease just starting that information. Oh, sorry, starting that journey um, like one of my best friends. A really good point. I've never thought about doing it with a friend, but that is such a good idea. I just want to jump in and say um, I've had a look at that Hatch course. It's really good for anyone that just wants a very like light edition, you know, just get to the basic core understanding of things at Hatch Um e-online course is great girls that invest is actually and we haven't actually mentioned this before in the works of also creating our own online investing course that just jumps into things a lot more deeper as well so for those that want you know a bit more of a deeper understanding of how things work and how to choose companies and choose index funds um keep an eye out that will be coming but definitely i think our generation is just so into understanding things well before we jump into them and I think like what you did would have really helped settle some of the questions you might have yeah and also the way that I learn is that I like to I like to talk to people about it I like to regurgitate the information that I've read or written down and explain it to a friend and maybe put it into a real life example so doing that with um, a friend really helped me, and I think that's a good point to make, actually. In terms of where to start, how best do you retain information or process information? Is it through a video? Is it through a podcast? Is it through a course? Because something that 
a course that worked for me over 10 days because I had that patience and I needed it <laughs> to be broken down that much. Um, that might not work for other people that might have a shorter attention span um, and that just wants information real fast. So I think there's something out there for everyone. Um, that's how awesome. I personally did it. Now, we've got another listener question. This is from Rabia. Let me break, I hope Rabia, I hope you don't mind this. I'm going to break this question down into two parts. When was your first investment in regards to your retirement fund and when was your first investment and that you made outside of that so in regards to my retirement fund um i started my kiwi saver journey as soon as i started working so that was back when i was 16 um my dad actually um encouraged me to do that and at the time i just thought that it was I did not put any second thought into it. I just did it, to be honest with you. And that's carried through. In terms of my first, I guess, purchase in the stock market, um, it was, I was 23. And I kind of went with the advice of buying stock from a company that I already knew and liked. So for me, my very first purchase was Apple. Um, I have an Apple phone, I've got an iPad, I've got a MacBook. I've watched a documentary on Steve Jobs, like, <laughs> you know, you kind of know him personally. I know him. Yeah. I just felt like I really connected with him. <laughs> um, that's a joke. Um, but my first, yeah. So my first purchase was Apple because knew about the company, knew about it a lot. I like their products. Um, and did you want me to give you an amount? Cause I remember you, that. Yes, please. If you don't mind. Uh, it was actually, it was actually $450. Nice. Was it nerve wracking? No. I felt like I just wanted to keep going. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't remember how I no. felt after. I think it was kind of just like, oh, you just need to rip the bandaid off. Oh, like, go do so it. Good. You've researched enough. I don't want to be paralyzed by like sitting in like a state of, you need to like, analyze every single thing. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I just did it. But I, Interesting. Nice. I want to move on to the present. So, Sonia, as a millennial investor today, if you had to tell us what sort of investor you are in terms of how you feel about risk and, you know, are you really aggressive? Are you really willing to take a lot of risks or are you a little bit more on the conservative side? Like, where are you at in your journey right now? I think if you were to take a look at my current portfolio, I'd fall I'd fall in the middle because around around 70% like of my portfolio it is in ETFs or index funds. Um and then the rest are in company stocks. So in terms of my investment, I'm solely just in the share market or stock market at the moment. Um, I don't have any investments outside of that. So no property uh, yet. Fair enough. Now, the question we've all, I guess, been waiting for, what is it that you invest in? If you could just break it down real quick for us. So to start off with the um, index funds that I invest in, um, one is the S&P 500. For those of you who don't know, it's um, essentially 500 of the largest stocks um, in the New York Stock Exchange um, and NASDAQ as well. With um, index funds, you're buying 
like a little piece of those 500 companies and that's why people like it's really people are like it's a great place to start because you're diversifying off the bat the other um, index fund Mm -hmm. um, I put into is the smart shares New Zealand top 50 fund Mm -hmm. one that I've started in the last couple of months was we talked about this in our ethical investing episode um, but it's actually the gender diversity etf so the i guess the code it's she yeah because i did see some a question in there about you know um ethics and like investments um that i'm making at the moment that reflect my like values and that would be one of them like i can easily point to that yes so that question was um what were the best resources for ethical investing um or investing in ways that align with your personal values so just to jump in, we do have a ethical investing podcast where we talk about the ways that you can find ethical funds and how to get started and where to um, find them. I didn't know you investing in New Zealand. I thought it was um, primarily just the US stock exchange. What made you want to invest not only in the US market, but in your local market as well I don't know I just felt like it was the right thing to do (laughs) I just had a gut feeling that I should (laughs) I should um invest in my own country (laughs) and the companies that are here yeah no it was quite random um coming about that decision but it just felt like the right thing to do to be honest (laughs) There is actually a term for that. It's called home bias, which is the tendency for investors to invest in domestic equity. So basically things that are, are companies that are based where you are. So for example, in New Zealand, Fonterra is an example. How do you invest in terms of popping money into your investing account? Do you, is this something you do like every single week or like whenever you get like a you know like a bonus you just chuck them in like what's your strategy that is a really good question um so at the moment i've got auto invest um set up uh and i am investing per month around 600 dollars um spread across the board Mm -hmm. um in terms of so yeah that's set up on a monthly basis um in terms of when i review it i think I'm so happy we're doing this now because I actually have monthly money nights. Um, and for this, like I guess for this plan, I'll review it next next year. What is month? Sorry, I'm just going to jump in one more time. Last time I'm cutting you off. What is monthly money nights? Um, it's just where I review my finances and just have a glass of wine or like a tea or a drink and I'm just going through my bank statements and where my money is going for any of you who have read the barefoot investor um it talks about uh weekly date nights and then fortnightly date nights I think I used to and date night referring to date night with your money or even if you have a partner and you're sharing finances a date night where you go out and you talk about your money and your, you know, plan for your money and if everything's still working, has anything changed, does anything need to be tweaked? Um, And I enjoy it 
So it's gone less frequent as I'm more comfortable with my money um, and you know, setting up those auto payments. So I do it once a month now, usually um, the first payday of the month uh, and I get paid fortnightly. So looking into the future, with the money that you've got in your investments and in your investing portfolio, what's your plan with it? What is Sonia going to do with her investing portfolio in 5, 10, 30 years down the track? With this, I'm a big fan of the buy and hold (laughs) Um, philosophy around it. I'm not really anticipating that I need to touch my investments within a 10-year time frame, um, to be honest with you. I like the idea that it's going to be passive forms of income. And when I get to a stage where I might not want to work or want to take some time off, those dividend payments might help with that um, because with this like I don't don't think your investments should be your first go-to to pull from when something happens um, I have a separate emergency savings account for that so that was actually one of the listener questions that we had as well do you have the question was um how much do you keep in your emergency savings um that you don't use for investments that's a good question um so before i started my investment journey i really wanted to make sure that my emergency fund was sorted um so at first it was three months of income um at the moment it's six months of income and i want to build it to 12 months of income that if anything did happen, I'd leave it there. So at the moment, that's in a long-term deposit bank account. Because as I say, like if there's an emergency, if there's something that I need to have done, like I don't want to pull from my investment money, I want to go to my emergency fund first. So that was probably a reason why it took me a little bit longer to start investing, because in my head, I wanted to sort that time frame out for my own peace of mind. I'm not saying that you need three or six or 12 months of income. I just say six months of income not even six months of living expenses but six months of income like that is insane Sonia that is so good it would probably help for people to understand the position of privilege that I'm in so I do live at home Um, I live with Indian parents who uh, I needed to beg them to pay board because uh, I felt too guilty um, so my living expenses already are at a low. Uh, working from home the past, I'm just going to say year, because <laughs> it has been most of the year, it's cut down on so much, like no commute, um, I'm not going out and buying lunch, everything's just at home. Um, that's really helped as well. Mm. Um, so I recognise um, that I'm quite lucky that I got to do that and that I keep getting to do it. I think again. that's very important, just like, mentioning the position of privilege that some of us do have because at the end of the day like we want this to be an episode where we can listen and maybe be like okay like that person's doing that where am I but I would hate for it to be a sense of wow she's doing so well I'm not without taking into account that well maybe Sonia might have had you know, some cards given to her in life that you might not have and vice versa. And I think we all should really be willing to mention those privileges. I once saw like a week ago, someone, she bought a home um, and she made 
an, a social media post about it because like who wouldn't when you're like you know 20 something and down the bottom of the caption about her purchasing her first home she included her privileges and I thought that was so nice and yeah I mean um, I'm a single woman I live with my parents I don't have children or dependents um or people that rep- rely on my income um and I am in a position to put most of my money away and to put a certain portion of it into investing. Um, I just want to acknowledge, yeah, like the climate that we are in and the people that I talk to on a daily basis, like with my job and what they're going through. Like I recognize, I recognize my privilege in being able to do all this. So to echo what Sim said, definitely don't want to come across uh, any type of way. Awesome. Uh, now, couple more questions I want to cover so you're investing primarily or at least 100% in stocks do you see yourself diversifying into other forms of investments such as real estate do you see yourself always being in the stock market do yourself do you see yourself completely moving away into homes or you know 50 50 like what's your plan absolutely so I think Earlier this year, when we've had conversations about it, I kind of shied away from real estate in general um, because, look, to be honest, I I really do want to travel. The idea of being a landlord and being somewhere else and then someone, like, calling you in the middle of the night to fix an issue that didn't seem ideal to me. Um, But, yeah, I think real estate is the next step. I don't anticipate that I'll solely Mm -hmm. be in the stock market for too much longer. Maybe to give you a time range by the end of next year, like I start that journey. Oh, okay. Um, And Mm -hmm. I do want to credit Sim Mm -hmm. in building my knowledge up with real estate and educating me on how, um, on what she's learned and the conversations, sorry, and the conversations she's having at the moment because it's definitely influenced like my rethinking of investing property. I feel like we're both very similar, and this is probably why we're doing this podcast in the first place, but we're both very similar in the sense that like, if we learn something about money or just something in general, we just have an inclination to talk about it with our friends and share it with our friends. Because what's the point? What's the point of gathering all this knowledge and not having everyone around you succeed as well? That's what I mean. Like, I want my friends to be in the know as well. Um, And since we are trying to talk about it more in our circles, it's just what we do. I'm sharing articles, sharing tips, and all sorts of group chats. (laughs) I feel like our friends are sick of us at this point, but you know what? It's fine. It's fine. All right. Food for thought. If you had to go back to your past self from your investing journey, you know, Sonia on day one and Sonia where is she where she is now what would have been the biggest piece of advice that you could have given day one Sonia the biggest takeaway or something that I wish I could go back and tell myself is to trust myself a little bit more and have more confidence in myself in terms of taking the first step I think the reasons why I delayed in starting my investment journey I don't think if I heard one if I heard a friend say that and that's why they're not investing, like I'd feel some type of way about it. Um, 
so just yeah just have a little bit more confidence in myself my abilities and get better at being in the heat zone where things are a little bit uncomfortable to start with and then as soon as you start it's not as it's not as hard as it seems thing we had a listener ask um what were your top three influences in your investing journey um do you mind just sort of speaking on that one was books so i think the intelligent investor is a classic um i am rereading the intelligent investor i think it does i think it does a great job of just going through like the values of investing and like basics of like investing behavior and for you to critically think a little bit um but also something that i discovered in the past month have i told you about this um it's the essays of warren buffett i have heard of it i haven't read read it but i've heard it's a great book my brother told me to read it and i read it and i was like holy crap this is fun because they're just letters yeah it has like Mm. pearls of like investing wisdom but they're also letters about like correct business practices and like business wisdom and you know self-employment it's like it's great so those two books um also i just want to credit sim because we talked about this briefly on monday when we caught up but the conversation that we had in earlier this year um i think it was in february um or march the beginning of march um about investing i think it was over an hour but it's really vivid in my head. Oh, really? On Sim so just being like, just do it. <laughs> just get started. Because um, we were just going through a back and forth in terms of what we what we knew. So. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. I do not recall Books this conversation. I do not recall this conversation. <laughs> it was just me being like Shyla Booth, like, just do it. Just get just started. Do it. Just. Oh. Oh, what is, I think that's a perfect place to end, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just on a compliment for Sim, yeah. This has been a very insightful, very interesting <laughs> experience talking to you and just letting you, and just letting, you know, me ask all these questions regarding, you know, what you're investing in, why, your thoughts behind it, what made you start, where you're at now, where you're going in the future. Like, I really do want to say I appreciate you opening up about this it's not easy I don't think anyone if you ask them off the bat being like hey do you invest and if so can you speak about your money on a you know public platform mm-hmm. and so yeah I just want to say thanks for for doing this it is okay I've enjoyed sharing my journey and I'm learning to you know as I was saying before just having confidence in my what I'm doing at the moment because it's working for me. It'd be interesting to see um, where I'm sitting at in a few years, eh, if like, we do the same kind of thing in a year now. Oh, absolutely. That will be very interesting, especially, you know, if it's going to be sort of end of next year, this might be when you've got your mm. house. All right. Well, I think, again, thank you. I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, so disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalised investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. Advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. All right.
Till next time, Sonia. Till next time, Sam. See ya. Bye.